Hello, everyone, and welcome into today's episode of Around the Slice. Now, as we get into the summer months, it's actually July 2nd at the time of this recording. July started yesterday, obviously, July 1st. Kind of the dead part of the offseason. Bills training camps and training camps across the league, for that matter, don't start till late July, early August time. Those last couple weeks there. So I wanted to do a sort of mini-series, mini-project, whatever you want to call it, this week and next week, centered on... Comparing the Bills to some of their division rivals, not some, all their division rivals, such as the New England Patriots, New York Jets, and Miami Dolphins. Because, as I know, people always say, including myself, don't get me wrong, heavily including myself, people always say they can never, how do they stack up against the Bengals? How do they stack up against the Kansas City Chiefs? Uh, the Chiefs, excuse me. Well, you have to win your division first. It's very, first and foremost, how do you stack up against your division? And the Bills have won this division three times in, three years in a row, 2020, 21, and 2022. But they got stiff competition. New York Jets, the offseason moves they made with Aaron Rodgers and company. The Miami Dolphins, the offseason moves they made with Jalen Ramsey and some other key pillars on defense. And the New England Patriots hiring a new offensive coordinator in Alabama OC, Bill O'Brien, which will do wonders because last year they had Matt Patricia, defensive coordinator, defensive guy, and then Joe Judge, special teams guy, taking turns calling plays. I don't think – if you have two offensive coordinators, the saying goes you have none, and that was full force for New England last year. I I don't ever defend New England, but I don't know how Bill Belichick can sit there and said, yeah, let's have a defensive-minded guy and a special teams-minded guy call our plays on offense. That should do wonders. I don't know, but it was stupid. But anyway, we're going to grade, if you will, the six main positions on offense. And I separated the two offensive line positions. I'll get to that when I get to that. But we're stacking up quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, offensive tackle, and interior offensive lineman, which is right guard, center, left guard. So the center and the two guard positions there. And I will bring up starters and notable slash key depth. I won't bring up no name guys that no one recognizes because who cares, but I'll bring up guys that matter, starters and key depth. Uh, excuse me. So let's get started. We're just going to stack up the AFC East today. I can't wait to get into this. I want to, um, we're grading on a scale one to five. Here's how the scoring goes. I just want to break down the criteria, the definitions I have for them. If you have a five in a certain position, that means you have great starters and quality depth. Okay, if you get a four from me, quality starters above average depth. Three, average starters below average depth. Two, below average starters, poor depth. One, poor starters, very poor depth. So I would see five. Five is perfect. One is you have a ton, a lot to be desired, left to be desired. So however that saying goes. Quarterback. Now, I rank these 1 through 4, obviously. So, oh, there's also 0.25, 0.5, 0.75. Because someone was uh, debating between, I didn't want to do hard cutoff numbers. I thought it would be fun, <clears throat> excuse me, just to include those in there. So, for quarterback, the Bills are number one. It consists of Josh Allen, the starter, uh, and Kyle Allen is their backup. I gave it a 4.75. Uh, I don't think, the reason I have a 4.75, Josh Allen's obviously elite. Everything about him is elite. Elite rushing ability. Elite athlete. Elite height. Elite weight. Angry runner. He's got to take less hits and minimize his turnovers. But, um, <clears throat> excuse me. 
I've talked about this before in this podcast. I think Ken Dorsey and Sean McDermott put him... I would say about half of those are split between his fault and then Ken Dorsey's and Sean McDermott's fault. Uh, not directly, but indirectly with pressurized situations. You know what I mean, hopefully. But I think Case Keenum was a tad better backup and more accomplished in this league than Kyle Allen last year. That's why I can't give it a perfect five. But 4.75 for the Bills. Number two, I have the Jets. Their room consists of Aaron Rodgers, the starter. Zach Wilson as the backup. I'm giving it a 4.5. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, say what you will about Aaron Rodgers, he's probably still like a 7-9 rank QB in this league. He's still top 10. Maybe the back end of top 10 at this point of his career, but he's still top 10. But you cannot understate. Understate? Is that the word? Yeah. You cannot understate how big of an improvement this is from what they had last year in the travesties of Zach Wilson, Joe Flacco, and Mike White. Mike White had one quote-unquote breakout game against Chicago. It wasn't even really a bigger game. It was just fantasy, basically. Fantasy or people's minds. But uh, anyway, I give the Jets here a 4.5 because I don't. I think Aaron Rodgers is a tick below Josh Allen, maybe even a couple ticks below him. But you cannot understate how much of an upgrade this is. And then Zach was his backup, perfectly fine as a backup but or a third string. But in this case, he's the backup. So, yeah. Three Dolphins. Uh, I think... Their starter has a lot of questions in Tua Tagovailoa, and then their backup is Mike White, and their third string seems to be Skylar Thompson. They'll probably keep three quarterbacks. Skylar Thompson has a couple of starts under his belt. He has a playoff start under his belt, which I don't know how. He almost beat the Bills. He erased the six, uh, not 16 nothing lead. I Don't ask me how. That was even that close. But, and then Mike White is a backup. He's a serviceable backup. I, he's probably better than Zach Wilson, honestly, was in New York last year. And then two attack Valoa, it's sad to say, but apparently he considered retirement a couple of different times to talk to his family. But <clears throat> he decided to come back because, you know, he had two documented concussions last year. I really think he had... <clears throat> huh, excuse me. I really think he had three because... He got knocked out in the Bills game, but then he came back at halftime and tried it back out there. And then he, first of all, he should have never been allowed back. But then uh, four days later, because that was Sunday and then Thursday night football, week four against the Bengals, he got a concussion again, slammed his head back against the field and whipped on back. Maybe got whiplash, neck, head injury, whatever it was. And they said it was a back injury. They were covering up Mike McDaniel and the staff there. I mean, they fired the outside neurosurgeon or whatever the hell the title is. Um too, um, because apparently they didn't diagnose him right or something. I don't know. I don't think it's a conspiracy, but I don't know what's going on there. But if he gets another concussion this year, he's probably going to have to retire. And that's sad to say, but I think when Tua plays, he's a very capable quarterback. I just don't know if his size can hold up, and he doesn't have the strongest arm. He's sneaky and mobile. I don't think he's very athletic, though. Um, but I give the Dolphins a 3.75 because Tua has some questions. I do like Mike White as a backup. And then Skylar Thompson as your third string I think is great because he showed some moments in the Bills playoff game. I don't even know how once again. But, yeah. And for the Patriots, the Patriots. I've been talking about um, this for a while. The starters, Mac Jones, and the backup, Bailey Zappi. Mac Jones got replaced by the Bailey Zappi for a couple games last year. It was Zappi mania for a minute there. It was great. Um, fans are going wild. But I give this a 2.75. Mac Jones is a slightly below average quarterback to me. He's kind of a uh, pillar in the pocket. What I mean by that is he doesn't really move. He's not very athletic. He's the definition of ordinary. Not really a strong arm. He's just He has very pinpoint accuracy. I will say... 
He doesn't turn over as much as Josh Allen. He's more accurate most times than Josh Allen, but he just doesn't have weapons. I think even with weapons, though, like if he, like if they had DeAndre Hopkins, they're still the fourth best team in the AFC East right now. But if they had DeAndre Hopkins, they're still the fourth best team in the AFC East. We'll get to what weapons he has with wide receiver and tight end, but I don't think Matt Jones is anything more than a below average to average QB quarterback at best. So I give the Patriots quarterback room. Quarterback position, if you want to say it and look at it, a 2.75. That's how the stack up. By the way, at the end of this, we will be going through all the totals and how I broke it down. Running back, one. Now, this is something Patriots have going for them heavily, and I don't think it's really even close. One, Patriots. Ramondre Stevenson is your backup. I think he is the best running back in the division, bar none. Like, I... I hate the Patriots, you know that, but I love me some Ramondre Stevenson. The guy runs with grit. He's like 6'1". He killed the Bills two years ago when we played him, and for good reason, because we didn't stack the box. He's an angry runner. He usurped, is that the word? He he usurped Damian Harris, uh, who had 15 touchdowns. Ramondre's rookie year, but last year he kind of unseated him, and for good reason, because Ramondre is more talented than Damian Harris. I think he's a bruiser back. You you can't bring him down. He's not Derrick Henry, but like he kind of is. She's sage of that. He doesn't have the stiff arms and wow factor and muscular of Derrick Henry, but yeah. And then you have good depth in in Kevin Harris and Pierre Strong going into their second years. When Ramondre was injured, they did a running back by committee last year with kind of those two, and they were effective. Like That offensive line, for as much is the um, Patriots offense was crappy with Matt Patricia and Joe Judge and that whole debacle that I talked about in the beginning of this episode. The offensive line was pretty damn good. So I, I give this a 4.5. I know I might be a little too high on Roger Stevenson, but I think the world of this kid, I think he could be arguably a top five running back when it's all sounded. dead. I think he's arguably a top 10 running back. And as soon as this year, he could be top five after this year. Two Jets with starter Brees Hall. Coming off that torn ACL, we'll see how he is. But I'm still very, very high on him. They had, <clears throat> so, we obviously know, bang up scouting department by by the Jets last year. They drafted Jermaine Johnson, Garrett Wilson, Breeze Hall. This is 2022 draft. Uh, Sauce Gardner. They got Johnson, Gardner, and Wilson on the first round. Awesome picks. Jermaine Johnson looked to take a step up. Breeze Hall. They had the offense rookie of the year in Garrett Wilson, the defense rookie of the year in Sauce Gardner. But if Breeze Hall could have played, kept playing, he was probably going to be the offense rookie of the year, too. So what a job by Joe Douglas in that front office. I got to give Justin Fowler's props to where they're due, even though I, I don't hate him as the Patriots, but you know how it is, division rival relationship. So we'll see how that goes. Still very high on him. Michael Carter, Zonovan Knight, and Israel Bonaconda, or Bam Knight, however you want to say it, and Israel Bonaconda, um, I think... This is just really good depth. They keep adding running backs for some reason. Michael Carter, I mean, my God, the Bills made him this past year, stupid loss to the Jets, but the Bills made him look like the second coming of Barry Sanders himself. Second coming of Barry Sanders. I don't mean that literal, but you know what I mean. They made him look like the second coming of Barry Sanders. I mean, they, they couldn't stop the guy. Over 100 yards rushing, 50 yards receiving, I think it was. I mean, it's Michael Carter. Come on. And then, so Bam Knight, and then Israel Bonaconda, who, I don't get the fuck. Fit, but if you're looking at pure talent, complete steal in the fifth round. Most mocks I saw had him going in the second, third round, but mostly second round. So I give this a 4.25 slightly. I think Brisol is probably not on Aranjas' level right now, but I think Brisol can be a top 15 running back after it's all said and done this year. 
yeah. And then three for the Bills, we got James Cook as your starter. He's been telling these podcasts. He's made the media rounds himself, too. He's been telling these different podcasts and outlets. I'm RB1 in Buffalo, as he should. He, I mean, he's got to be RB1, right? But James Cook is your starter, RB1. And then your depth is Damian Harris, Naheem Hines, and Latavius Murray. Naeem Hines, whenever Jonathan Taylor was out in Indianapolis and injured, he went off most weeks. Not, like, monsters, but, yeah. He was very serviceable. And then for us on kicker terms last year, hopefully Ken Dorsey, God willing, can get us get him involved in the offense more. And then Latavius Murray, wherever he goes, he just produces. Outside of his rookie year in the league, which was, like, 10 years ago. So this is, like, his 11th year in the league, I believe, because he's, like, 33 years old. He's had over at least 800 yards from scrimmage. That means passing and rushing and combined and returning. All-purpose yards, basically. And um, David Harris, take away that goal line pressure from Josh Allen. So I gave this a four. I'm a bit higher on James Cook than some people. Most Bills fans seem to not be talking about James Cook or the additions of the running back room. But I really like how this running back room is shaped up. I went over this last week when I did my roster, or two weeks ago, excuse me, when I did my roster comparisons. Go back and check out that episode, by the way. But I think this is the best running back room Josh Allen has had in his elite era career, which is 20 and on, 2020 and on, excuse me. Uh, so I give that a four. Four Dolphins of poetry that come in last with Raheem Mostert is their starter, and then their semen backups are Jeff Wilson and rookie from Texas A&M, Devon A-Chain. Honestly, I won't be surprised if Devon A-Chain becomes the starter by the end of this middle and to end of this year, but... He's small, but he's a dino. He ran a 4.3. He ran a 4.340 at the combine this past year. And then Raheem Mostert, I think he could be good if he stays in the field. He wasn't injured this year as he has been, the, as much, excuse me, as he has been in the past. But I think the head coach Mike McDaniel gets too pass happy sometimes. And at least the two are getting concussed interceptions and whatever. And sustained concussions, excuse me. But I think they needed to commit to the run more, like, against the Bills in that no glow game, you know the game where it starts snowing in the fourth quarter. Conveniently, <laughs> I mean to our advantage, really. But he had over a hundred yards rushing against us, and then the fourth quarter, Mike McDaniel like completely abandoned the run with Raheem Mostert. Like I think he needs to use more. And Jeff Wilson is kind of that Damian Harris type, not as good, but you know what I mean. That big, powerful back. He's at least six foot six one, I think. So. That kind of body mold. So I gave this a 3.5. No one that's proven, but I think Mostert needs more opportunities. And I won't see, be surprised if Devon A-Chain for sure unseats Jeff Wilson and maybe unseats Raheem Mostert by the middle of the end of this year. Moving on to wide receiver. There's a clear, clear head and shoulders above everyone else here. Um, Well, I don't know about head and shoulders, but there's a clear number one with the Dolphins. Your two absolute stars, juggernauts, and Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. I mean, Tyreek Hill's the fastest thing on this planet. He could probably beat Usain Bolt now. Not in Usain's prime, but you know what I mean. Now, if Usain... How old is Usain Bolt? I know he's like... Is he like 40 or something? Either way, he could beat him now. And then Jalen Waddle, he's just as fast. It just a younger version of Tyreek Hill. They're both kind of smaller-ish receivers. Kind of, Not gadgety, but... Could take it to the house literally on any play. I mean, last year, hell, look at that play against, what was it, Chargers on a primetime Sunday night football game or something. The, uh, Tua fumbled the ball, or Raheem Mostert, whoever it was, fumbled the ball in the Dolphins' backfield, and it conveniently, by the power of God, or whatever it was, conveniently was went into Tyreek Hill's hands, and he literally turned around and housed that thing 
and he picked up the fumble and has that thing. So he's a dynamo. Whenever they do get the ball, they can um, take it to the house. House meaning touchdown. Um, Robbie, and then the third receiver seeming is Robbie Chosen, Chosen Anderson. Whatever the hell his name is, because it used to be Robbie Anderson. They changed the spelling of it, and now apparently League of James it to Robbie Chosen. So I'm just going to call him Robbie Chosen Anderson. I, I have no clue. I think this guy's bounced around. I don't think this guy's... I mean, Tyreek Hill's hyping him up. He says, I think he'll be a great, great slot presence for us. I don't know about that. He'll probably split with this guy, their fourth receiver, Braxton Berrios. Uh, he's kind of a gadgety type player. Think like Isaiah McKenzie type player. Maybe a bit more returning ability, one of the best returners in the league. And then Cedric Wilson. <clears throat> Cedric Wilson, they're trying to trade for the seasons, their fifth receiver. He was signed to be their wide receiver, too, and all the way last March. So March 2022, that free agency cycle. Decently sized deal. Jalen Wilde's going to be wide receiver one. He was going to be wide receiver two. But when you have a chance to take for Tyreek Hill, you don't... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You don't deny that. You don't turn that down. So he was trading for, and then Cedric Wilson wide receiver three. But Trent Sherfield was making big plays most part in his career. Who's on the Bills now, by the way, thank God. He was making plays as their wide receiver three. So the Dolphins, I gave this a 4.75. Obviously, Dynamo's and Tyreek Hill and Jalen White will take the house touchdown whenever. Uh, I just don't think they have a true slot presence. That's why I ding it a little. Robbie Chosen Anderson, again, whatever the hell his name is. Chosen, and I, I have no idea, but he's not going to be it, I don't think. So, next two bills. Our receiver room consists of a lot of question marks, honestly, outside of Stefan Diggs. But of course, the man himself, Stefan Diggs, if he can get over his drama, Stefan Diggs. I talked about that last couple weeks. Stefan Diggs, Gabe Davis, Khalil Shakir, Deontay Hardy, Trent Sherfield. Stefan Diggs, Stefan Diggs. We know about that. Gabe Davis. Very finicky hands. By that, I mean he has trouble. He'll he'll make the biggest plays down the field, but then he'll drop the stupidest freaking crap you can imagine. Like, come on, Gabe. Get get consistent. I don't think he has a good route tree. He needs to refi- refine Excuse me, his route running. I think he's just a sideline big play guy. I, I really do. I think he has a very limited skill set. That's the same thing with rookie Quentin Johnston and the Chargers. Uh, Khalil Shakir... Another question mark. I think he'll get them, him and Duncan Kincaid, and maybe even Deontay Hardy can mix in the slot, but I think it's going to be mostly Shakir because two tight ends with hats with Josh Knox and Duncan Kincaid. So I think he can push for like 70, 80 targets and 50, 60 receptions. I think that's reasonable. And then Deontay Hardy, I think, um, I don't think he's going to be as good as people think. The dude is tiny. I hate to be rude, but he is tiny. I've seen clips of. Him at train camp is even more tiny. I think if you see him in person, the reporters, beat reporters are saying, um, we had one on, oh, m- about a month ago, about mm, two months ago now. Can't believe it's July already. To recap the draft, Matt Perino, at Matt Perino on Twitter, he was saying like Deontay Hardy's even more tiny in person in the Buffalo Plus people said that I watched. So, I, he's five six one seventy. Like he, he, yeah, he's a returner, but they have Naheem Hines for that, and he has fumbling issues. When you're tiny, not good, and when you have a long injury history, not good. And unfortunately, Deontay Hardy has both: very tiny and very long injury history. Um, last year, turf toe only played two games for the Saints, and then Trent Sherfield. I think he's going to be sneaky. Like, yeah, Stephen Diggs has missed OTA, voluntary OTAs, and mandatory uh, minicamp. 
in hopefully not training camp in Rochester at St. John Fisher. But if he does, I'm going to be very upset. But if he does, Trent Sherfield has been feasting. He has been taking that opportunity and ran with it. So he loves Josh Allen. Josh Allen loves him. Very hard worker. So I think Trent Sherfield can be sneaky for us. But I give this a four because outside of Stefan Diggs, there's a lot of question marks. But I think Gabe Davis can still sell the shot. I think Khalil Shakir, I'm very high on him. Deontay Hardy, I don't think he'll be as good as people think, as big in our offense. Let's just think about this. Gabe, Stefan Diggs, Gabe Davis, are, and Dawson Knox, and Donkey K almost surely get more targets, looks than him. So that's fifth option at best. But then you have, like, Khalil Shakir. Okay, he goes to the sixth option. Whatever. But then you have James Cook out of the backfield. Seventh option. But then you have Trent Sherfield. Eighth. So are we looking at Deontay Ardu being the eighth or ninth option in this passing game? I don't know, but he's tiny, injury prone, not a good combination. So I give that a four. Our wide receiver group, room, whatever you want to call it. Uh, three, Jets. Garrett Wilson. Think Garrett Wilson is off. Obviously, he was offensive rookie of the year for the Jets last year. I just talked about it. They had both with him and Sauce Gardner, who was the, on the other side, flip side, defense rookie of the year. But uh, Garrett Wilson, and then I'll tell you that, I mean, eh. Like, Aaron Rodgers, obviously, when I am Lazard here, think of Gabe Davis' body type. Obviously, not as, like, productive in his career as Gabe Davis, but been in the league a few more years than Gabe Davis. And then Corey Davis, who I think they'll cut or trade. Me, Cole Hardman. People, I think he's more show and wow than actual production to peop, in people's eyes. Uh, and then Randall Cobb, who's been in the league forever, 100 years, it feels like. And then Denzel Mims, who I'm they're most assuredly caught. I'll give this a 3.75, because outside of Garrett Wilson, I'm very high, extremely high in Garrett Wilson. As much as I hate to admit it, kind of like the Ramondre Stevenson thing. Um, Garrett Wilson's a monster. And I think he's the only, like, legit wide receiver there. Maybe Ilan Zard, but I think everyone else has a, is kind of, eh. Maybe Ilan Zard not, but. Four Patriots, they come in at last. I mean, they have Devontae Parker and Juju Smith-Schuster, assuming they're the top two options. I mean, that's not the greatest top two in the league. It's serviceable, I guess. They just extended Devontae Parker earlier this week. I think it was, like, Wednesday? Because it's Sunday, July 2nd right now. So I think it was, like, the end of June, so Wednesday. I don't remember. Earlier this week is the point. I think that's one of the worst extensions in the last few years. And they extended Juwan Bentley, too. It's the worst one, too, a linebacker. So I think Devontae Parker, I he's a big body. Um, He's a big, people say he's a big body possession receiver. Go up and get it. Well, if your quarterback's scared to throw it into, like, triple in traffic and Mac Jones it doesn't take risks like Josh Allen does, Devontae Parker's not going to showcase that. If Devontae Parker's had some drop issues in his career, he went off one year with the Dolphins. That's it. One year. I think he was a first round pick, so I'm pretty sure he can be labeled as a bust at this point. And then Juju, I think people think he's great. He's going to be great for the Patriots. I, I don't know how much of an upgrade he is over Jacoby Myers. This is the thing. On his new extension, Devontae Parker, 11 million a year. Juju, 11 million a year. Jacoby Myers now with the Raiders, 11 million a year. They all got the same. And I don't know how much better Devontae Parker and Juju even are better than Jacoby Myers. Especially Juju. And then their depth here. Tyquan Thornton, Kendrick Bourne, Ty Montgomery. Ty Montgomery, kind of that running back. Why is he a hybrid gadget type player? Tyquan Thornton. It's a nice games last year, but he's, it's only a second league. Kendrick Bourne, for some reason, coaching staff hates him. I don't even think he's that talented, but he barely plays. Now, due to injury, he just doesn't fit in, I guess. Like He could be his legit trade candidate or cut candidate. So I give that a three. I think it's just perfectly average. I think people 
overhyped Devontae Parker because of his possession, go up and get it skills in traffic in Juju Smith-Schuster, which I don't think he'll be as big of a factor in the slot or if you want to put him outside. I feel like he's Juju is a good like wide receiver three option. I don't think he can handle a full workload because in that those Pittsburgh days before Antonio Brown went off the you know, off the rails and went insane. Um, he was a Juju, and Juju is perfectly fine, but I think Juju is very immature. I think he has character concerns. Not like legal concerns, but immaturity. Same with Chase Claypool. Those in the same team. Oh my god, what a locker room that was. But, um, I think he has immaturity and character concerns. Oh, I think he, he's, I won't say it, but he's gotta get off TikTok. He always makes TikToks and stupid dances. And it's really annoying. Um, then tight end. Now, I have the Jets here. I'm really impressed with this t- tight end duo. Tyler Conklin and CJ Uzama. When, I'll get started in a minute. But when, C- or Conklin, when CJ Uzama was in Cincinnati with the Bengals, he played with Joe Burrow for, oh crap, I forget. Two years. Cause last year was the first year in New York. So two years. And whenever Joe Burrow needed a big play, it seemed like he went to CJ Uzama. I mean, he was a safety blanket. It feel like he had like one or two big plays a game, at least one big chunk player game. And then your starter, Tyler Conklin, who I feel like in his last year in Minnesota in 2021, well, feeding off Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson being double covered and triple covered, not triple covered, double covered. I feel like he went off in that year too. And then he had a really productive year at the Jets. So I put this at first and I give it a solid four. Two builds. Obviously, your starters, seemingly, Dawson Knox and Don Kike. They can be both uh, well, starters because they'll probably run a 12 personnel, two tight end sets. And then Quentin Morris, who he had a clutch touchdown for us in that. Again, I'm referencing again because a lot of things happened in that game. That Dolphins snow globe game, week 15, blah, 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 um, game. So I think Don Kike and Dawson Knox can really potent duo. And Quentin Morris has experience. He's a perfect tight end three. He'll probably be inactive some weeks, but that's okay because we got Kincaid and Knox. So I give that a 3.75. And then three Patriots. I really like this tight end room. It, actually, not really, behind Hunter Henry. And then your depth is Mike Kosicki, Anthony Furkser. Anthony Furkser is a c- capable tight end in this league, but average skill set, not the dynamic. Mike Kosicki, I think, again, people are overhyping what he's going to do for Miami. I mean, last year with the Dolphins, there's got to be something up because the Dolphins couldn't figure out a way to incorporate him into their offense. So he goes to an AFC's rival in the Patriots. I, I think this is just going to be Hunter Henry and Jalen Smith all over again. Unfortunately, I don't know how they're going to incorporate Mike Kosicki or know how to, for that matter, excuse me, into their offense. I just don't really understand how those duos are going to like produce to the level some people are saying. And then Hunter Henry, very, I think him and Dawson Knox are kind of the same average, like maybe 15 to 13 to 15 tight end in this league. How many elite ones? Find Kelsey, Andrews, Kittle, Hawkinson, Waller. Got her. That was a group of six. And then Kyle Pitts seemingly can get back on track. We're not talking about that, but I don't think I'm as high in the depth here as most people are. But Hunter Henry and Mike Gusecki are a good enough duo, so I'll give it a 3.75. And then four Dolphins. They got, like, nothing here. I don't know how this is impressive. There's, like, people have hope for this. I don't know how Dolphins fans are not, like, like panicking about this tight end position. Tight ends are very important in this league. I mean, you can't compare everyone to Travis Kelsey, but they got to at least receive here. Um, starter, seem, I say starter, it's not a very good starter. Durham Smythe, 
And then depth is Tyler Croft, Eric Saubert. Tyler Croft is 30 at this point. He's basically there for blocking. When he was in the Bills, he's inactive most of the weeks anyway. He got one touchdown that year for the Bills. Congratulations. And then Eric Saubert, who had, was okay with the Broncos for a few years before coming to the Dolphins. I mean, he's basically for blocking. And then Durham Smythe, ordinary athlete. I just don't know how there's anything really even good in this, above average in this. I wouldn't even call this average, so I'm, this seems harsh maybe, but I'm giving this a 2.5. I was originally going to give it a 2. I mean, the good thing is all these guys have experience, but I'm giving it a 2.5. I don't know how this, they're not, Dolphins ends aren't panicking, or hitting the right alert for this. Uh, because outside of Tyco and Jalen Lotto, they don't have a slot presence really, and no, Robert, Robbie Chosen Anderson, whatever the hell you call him, is not going to be that. And then these guys, I don't think, are going to be nearly that. So 2.5. Um, the men's not harsh, but they have, like, nothing proven there. Or even above average. They're all below average, I think. Jerome Smith is average, but that's it. Uh, so 2.5. Offensive tackle. Moving on offensive tackle. Like I said, uh, separate the offensive line, and I'll get to the other one in a minute. Offensive tackle. One, Bills. They have, I'm going to go starters here. Left tackle, Deion Dawkins, and then right tackle, Spencer Brown, and key backup, Brandon Shell. I think Brandon Shell has starting experience with the Dolphins last year, but you don't want him to start, and that's great. Deion Dawkins holding it down. I think he'll have a bounce back year this year. People act like he was terrible last year. He was our best offensive lineman last year. There weren't many options, but he has been. And then Spencer Brown, hopefully he can get it back to take that third-year step because you got to prove to me, dude. Like, I think, it, yeah, I know, at people in excuses, he played 7-7 uh, seven and seven football in college. He, College. High school, he came in with an Iowa's a tight end and then moved off the tackle. Blah, blah, blah. Big excuse in the world. I don't care. He's got to improve. And then Branchell, I already talked about that. So I'm going to give this a 3.75. Deion Dawkins really elevates it. Spencer Brown has to take a step at right tackle. And Branchell, really nice depth piece. Uh, two, but you'll notice a theme here. Every team's, all four teams, Bills, Dolphins, Jets, Patriots, um, have question marks at their right tackle. And the Bills do with Spencer Brown. Two, Dolphins, um, Left tackle, Troy Armstead, starting right tackle, Austin Jackson, and Isaiah Wynn. I'm not, I, honestly, I won't be surprised if Isaiah Wynn usurps or unseats uh, relatively early in the year. We'll say by the middle of the year, Austin Jackson, because Austin Jackson's taking the first round. He's been a bust. It's hard to gauge offensive linemen, especially offensive tackle, but he's been a bust. Toronto Armstead, though, seems to miss a few games a year with a hamstring, but if he stays healthy, he's just like Deion Dawkins. I view these rooms the exact same, actually, because 3.75, just like the Bills as well for the Dolphins in second year. Troy Armstead and Deion Dawkins, I view them as the same. Austin Jackson, Spencer Brown, they got to prove it this year and for different reasons, but they got to prove it, kind of unproven. And then Isaiah Wynn is a better death piece of Brandon Shell. And like I said, I won't be surprised if Isaiah Wynn, I'm almost expecting Isaiah Wynn at some point by the middle of the year, we'll say, to take away for Austin Jackson at that starting right tackle spot. But three Jets. They have veteran Dwayne Brown, who's 37 years old at this point. Ooh. And then left tackle, right tackle, Mekhi Becton, and then death piece Billy Turner. Mekhi Becton, this is so weird because he's been only three years, but they de they declined his fifth-year option, which means he'll be a free agent after this season. So a 2023 free agent in March of 2023. Er. It is 2023. March of 2024. Uh, March of 2024. Uh, but Dwayne Brown is a capable veteran. Mackay Becton's got to prove it. He's had some controversy with the Jets staff. 
Robert Sellers put him on notice saying he's going to prove Makai Becton, whether it's character issues, coming in out of shape, very much overweight. He came in at like 370, like 365 last year. Not good at all. He should be at like 330, 335. And then Billy Turner, nice death piece. I gave this a 3.25. Steady veteran Dwayne Brown. Yeah, 3.25. Steady veteran Dwayne Brown. Makai Becton's got to bounce back, whether it's overweight, out of shape, character issues, arguments with the coaching staff, organization. And Billy Turner is a very capable death piece, I feel like. Sneaky addition. Four, Patriots. Trent Bound, starting left tackle, starting right tackles, Riley Reef. And then they don't have any notable death pieces. And that's the problem. Beyond those two, they don't have death piece, notable death pieces. And I don't recognize any of their names when I was looking at the depth chart. And Trap Brown easily, I don't think it's up for debate, easily had the worst year of his career last year. I don't think it really be argued. I'm not going to say arguably because it was. And then Riley Reef in Minnesota, he was a below average to average starter all those years. So I give this a three. Trap Brown, worst year of his career last year, and Riley Reef. Eh, average at best. And no notable deaths. Now, IOL. Interior offensive line. We, um, we. This means center and then starting guard spots. So left guard, center, right guard. So center, starting guard spots. Uh, I won Bills. I give the left starting left guard, Connor McGovern, starting center, Mitch Morris, right guard, Ryan Bates. And then your death piece are rookie, Cyrus Torres, and David Edwards. I give this a 3.5. Connor McGovern, I think he's a... Pretty capable left guard. Not the best, but pretty capable. Mitch Morris, one of the best centers in the league still with his concussions and age. Ryan Bates, I think he'll be the starter for now. I won't be surprised, though, if Osiris Torrance comes in and unseats him by the end of the year. And then, I'm not counting on it, maybe, though. And then David Edwards, who I think, just like Taylor Rapp, who we brought over from the Rams at safety, Taylor Rapp is still in Kaylor player, a lot of experience. David Edwards has a ton of experience with Aaron Cromer. He plays best football. Uh... Best blocking days of his it was, excuse me, with the current Bills offensive line coach Aaron Cromer. It's like Aaron Cromer, but I think David Edwards is a starting level caliber player in this league on the offensive line at guard, either guard spot. So when you have many bench, that's great. I give this a 3.5. Two Dolphins. Well, I lost my time. Oh, we're back. Okay. Two Dolphins, uh, left guard, Liam Eikenberg, center. Connor Williams, right guard, Robert Hunt. The standout here for me is Robert Hunt. And then and then Connor Williams is a pretty above average center. I feel like he had a quote unquote break at the Dolphins last year. I mean, it's not really a break offense. I mean, but you know what I mean. And Lee Mikeberg has been very disappointing. He hasn't developed like they've hoped. But Robert Hunt, I'm assuming an extension for him next offseason, very nicely has developed. But they don't have any noble depth here past those three, so I'm gonna give the Dolphins a three point two five. And then three Jets. Left guard, Lincoln Tomlinson, center, Conor McGovern. Yeah, there's two Conor McGovern's in the league. Uh, wouldn't it be hilarious if the Bills signed both of them because he was a free agent too, but the other Conor McGovern in the Jets, center, Conor McGovern, right guard, Elijah Vera Tucker. And then your depth here is center slash guard, Joe Titman. Uh, well, obviously center slash guard here. Joe Titman um, from Wisconsin. I really like Joe Tipman. I think he'd be starting capable in this league one day. I won't be surprised if he takes over for Connor McGovern at center by the end of the year. Again, the Jets, Connor McGovern. Let me make that clear. But Lincoln Thompson really struggled in his first year at the Jets last year, coming over from the 49ers. Uh, Connor McGovern's fine. Like, he's an average, best starting center. And then Elijah Vera Tucker, a ton of upside still. I don't think he's been as disappointing as Mekhi Becton, but he tore his ACL this year along with Mekhi Becton. Uh, they had a beat-up offense line, but I give this a 3.25.
for Patriots. Um, Cole, for Patriots, they have left guard Cole Strange, center David Andrews, right guard Michael Wenhue. I actually like, for all the crap that the Patriots offense went through last year with the dumb idiot play calling from Joe Judge, special teams guy, and Matt Patricia, defensive-minded guy. I mean, what an idiotic idea. I can't stress that enough. But Michael Wenhue was really, really Owenahue is really good for them. So, and then Cole Strange, probably a reach in the first round. He's probably a third-round talent last year. But he came out of the year, and David Andrews is perfectly fine, capable, maybe slightly above average center. So, 4.25. So, I give the Bills a 3.25. Excuse me. I give the Bills a 3.5, and then the Dolphins, Jets, Patriots a 3.25. But all these teams have okay starting, maybe slightly above average, especially the Bills starting. But... Uh, interior offensive linemen, but for the most part, I view these the same, other than Bills who are slightly above the rest, in my opinion, once again. Um, so the final totals, I'll explain this real quick. The final totals, so you can get 30 possible points, because pretty self-explanatory. You could get highest is five points, which means your position group is pretty much perfect. And there's six positions, five times six, he's math, 30. So you get 30 possible points. If you have a 30, then you have a perfect roster. Newsflash, no one has a perfect roster in this league, no matter how. You can get close. The closer you get to 30, it's the better your roster is. Again, this is on paper. Taylor on paper. This doesn't, this doesn't, in, this doesn't introduce, you know, this doesn't take into account, um, injuries, coaching staff decisions, fit, playing time, whatever. This is just Taylor on paper. Names on, and Taylor on paper. Bills told, their total is, once I add it up, 23.75. As the best roster in, best offensive talent brought in roster in this division. Two Jets, 23, slightly above the Dolphins, who are at 21.5, and then four Patriots down at 20.25. So the Bills obviously have an above average offensive roster in the Jets and Dolphins, have an above average offensive roster in the Patriots, you could probably say have an average offensive roster. So we are approaching 40 minutes, a bit longer today, but that's okay. I hope you guys really enjoyed this. I did too. Next week. So next week, we will be going over the same thing, but for defense. So we'll stack up the AFC East defensive. Again, all on paper, not taking into account literally anything else. That's literally it. Defensive talent. I really hope you guys enjoy this mini-series. And then at the end, we will add up the offensive points and defensive points. See you as the best roster in the AFC East. So I just want to explain a few things. Promote. I know this probably is kind of a boring part, but I want to promote. We have a Patreon at Around the Slice. I created a Patreon. If you don't know what Patreon is, it's basically a way for you guys to contribute to the podcast and me in turn um, give back to my patrons, which is you guys call them patrons once you sign up. I th- I have like five patrons right now. I really do appreciate all of you for signing up. But you can, it's still going, you could sign up whenever. There's like, there's no limit. So if you're feeling extra generous, I, this isn't a charity case. I appreciate you guys. Obviously, the best way to support me is listening to this podcast and getting the views and engagement up and listens up. But if you want to take the extra step for me to get more podcast equipment, like microphone, um, better editing stuff, whatever it may be, you could go through that. And if, for example, I, I put quick reactions to things. So when Bean and McDermott got extended early last week, 
or whenever it was, it's summer, I can't really keep track of the dates. Um, I put that um, Instant Reaction right away. I was very positive on it, by the way. But I'm going through my QB ranking, so like every Friday, or at least once a week, will be a new position group ranking. Probably not offensive line, because that's whatever. I don't really know how to judge that. Stack them up against each other. But all the major important positions in football will top 32 at those positions so i'll put the link below but it's patreon.com slash around the slice but whatever podcast platform and medium you are on and you choose uh you can go down there in the show notes podcast notes whatever you call and you can click on that link again patreon.com slash around the slice by will put the link for your convenience if any questions at all please feel free to dm me on twitter Speaking of, my Twitter at AYNGUNIT13 or at Around Slice. But if you don't have Twitter or you don't want to do that or you're not comfortable or it's just not convenient for you, you can also email me. I mean, I take emails all the time. So you can email me at Around the Slice. Oh, let me start. Around the Slice at gmail.com. And I mentioned my Twitters. What's next? Uh, for podcast platforms, you can listen to this on Spotify, uh, Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. I really appreciate you guys listening today. I have great plans for the summer and great plans for the season. Anyways, guys, NFL and college seasons, that is. This has been this week's, or excuse me, today's episode of Around the Slice. I'll see you next week with evaluating the defensive talent and defensive rosters for the AFC East. See you next week.